Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Bench Units. And as soon as my rundown for the episode loads on the screen, we will be away. Okay, I'm Mark. I'm joined by James. And James, it's been a great weekend for you, man. It has. Not only has it been the Royal Coronation, which I know you've been a huge fan of, but every prediction you made based on the idea that if you just pick the teams with your mates on it so you don't have to have any tough conversations when you get into camps and whatever, all of those came true. And it's probably given us another year's worth of material where you never dare to step out of line and predict anything controversial. So everybody listening to this can look forward to that. Other than that, how's it going now? Yeah, good, thanks. It just happens that I am teammates and friends with a lot of very good basketball players, and I would like to introduce one of them. We're continuing the bench unit's tradition of hosting the snubbed MVP of the Champions Cup. Shout out to Kyle Marsh last year. We're joined by a world and European champion, a Paralympic medalist, and now, as Mark wrote, uh, both the Copa del Rey runner-up and the Champions Cup winner, Phil Pratt. Welcome aboard. How are you doing? Thanks for being yo, here. Yo, yo. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. <clears throat> Hope to be back on here again. It's been a while. It has been a while, and as we've got written down here, it's been exactly 11 months since we had you on, um, when you Exactly. Exactly 11 months, I found the episode today. Um, what? So yeah, um, you're here, Phil. As people listening to this probably know, it's been two days since you hoisted the trophy as part of Amiab say you're a certified Champions Cup winner. Um, before we get into breaking down kind of the tournament and the game by game and all that stuff, can you give people any idea of what the last 48 hours have been like for you since you reached the mountaintop? I've had about four hours sleep, um, <laughs> due to my dad snoring one of the nights, but, uh, just, just the emotional kind of come down after it. I've got nothing in me currently. Uh, like my, as you can tell, my voice is gone as well. I'm not sure if that's from like screaming from having too many drinks or from screaming during the games or what. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been a mad couple of days really, and I still don't think it's really set in. Uh, don't want to go too far back, but it feels like yesterday I was watching the Champions Cup final in my apartment in Badajoz with Charlie, and we were ourselves thinking, "Oh no, if they if they win this, they're not going to want to sign us." And uh, <laughs> To now be part of that group and to have have the winner's medal is, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It's mad. Yeah, that's funny. That ties in nicely to one of the things I wanted to ask about, obviously, sitting there watching it, being one of those guys that's like obviously a world-class basketball player, but just because of the clubs you've been at, you didn't play Champions Cup for a while, Um, was 11 months ago when we last spoke to you, was Champions Cup sort of next on the thing you wanted to win? And did that kind of inform your move to Amiab? Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, being able to play with the likes of Ali, Fifi, and, and Lee, and other guys who are obviously part of this club uh, was was a big kind of attraction to come here. But not playing Champions Cup, I think the last time I played it was a qualifier in like Port Torres, my first season abroad, and that was a long, long, long time ago. So being able to play in this competition was a huge kind of turning point for me, wanting to come to a club like here rather than staying in a Madiba or somewhere that's not really that asked about it. Yeah, for sure. And I think you, you nailed it there. I think Ami, I've obviously won it last year with the group of guys I had. There's a slight shake up. And obviously, you came in, we spoke to you about it at the time, and kind of, you know, is there a level of pressure that, you know, comes with replacing a couple of the key guys who um, who left the, the Champions Cup winners at the end of last season? But from an outside perspective, you guys have obviously gone. 
the season has gone about as to plan as could reasonably have been expected. I mean, you've lost a, a couple of games here and there. Um, but other than that, you basically, you came on here, you said what you were setting out to do and, and now you've got there. Does it, does it feel that way from the inside? Because it seems like say it's almost gone seamlessly for you guys, but I imagine it's never that smooth of a ride when you're, you're in it every day, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been tough. Um, I was speaking to my, my girlfriend, Elena, earlier about it as well. I remember one of my first days here, we had like this kind of team presentations and one of the guys, one of the directors of the club, like one of the big boss men, literally just came up to me. He was like, if we F up this season, basically, I wasn't, I don't think he was happy that Kyle and Gaz left, basically. So if, they, if, if things go wrong, almost like it's on me, I was like, oh God, thank you very much. But um, yeah, in terms of like pressure, I don't think anyone kind of puts any more pressure on themselves to perform than, than I do. So that's kind of external or whatever. But yeah, it was just kind of big, big, big fair shoes to fill. Like Gaz is unbelievable. Carl's unbelievable. And what they built here wasn't like a one-year thing. It was over a number of years of them kind of adding pieces here and there and to kind of correct, uh, create this perfect balance. So then to completely shift that and get in a three and a one to get rid of a four and a two and a complete different, they wanted to play half-court basketball. We don't want to play half-court basketball. It was like a big shift. So I personally didn't think it was going to happen this quickly. Um, from like a personal standpoint, I've kind of hoped we'd finish top two in the league. If we could get to the Spanish Cup final, Copa del Rey final, and then make the final four. For me, that was going to be a good season. Yeah. Just because yeah. this stuff doesn't usually happen overnight. Like it's a long process, getting used to your teammates. And But that's a shout out to, to Abraham, our coach. He's been unbelievable. Like he's a, he's a great coach and he's so open to ideas. And then, also shout out to our teammates like Philipski. I'll be calling Fifi for the majority of this, of yeah. this episode. But um, so for those who are wondering who the hell's Fifi is, that's Philipski. <laughs> <laughs> um, but someone like that who's won everything there is to win at a club level um, and arguably one of the best scorers to ever play our game, to be able to kind of take a backseat at times and allow me to do what I do or to let, I let Lee do what he does and then be able to step up. Like, just shout out to those guys, man. It's... I know, I know a lot of players I've played with previously would, wouldn't do that. It's kind of you yeah. coming into, this is their club and you're running exactly how they want to run things. And so, yeah, no, we had a, it was like a lucky group of people. And like I said, I, I wasn't expecting this to happen overnight, but luckily it happened quicker than, than I was expecting. Yeah. You spoke about the fact that Amiab over the last couple of years, obviously with different personnel, have been more of a half-court based team. And obviously, you know, you've played with Lee, you've played with Charlie, and you've seen Fifi and Ali. But were you surprised to the extent to which they were able to just go, all right, cool, let's run and gun? Or were yeah. you like, yeah, whatever, these guys are world class, they can do everything? I mean, it used to frustrate me, obviously watching them last season and playing against them. Um Obviously, I wanted to win when I was at Madiba, but just seeing how Lee not was was wasn't caged, but it was almost just like Lee's a run and gun. Like that's him. He's like I always got to call him Giannis because just give him the ball or let him run coast to coast and feed him the ball, and he'll score within three seconds of an offense. Yeah. So to see him having to play half court, which is great, he could do that as well. He's an unbelievable screener and great at timing his cuts. But it was like okay, we've got the most mobile, explosive guy in the world right now. Let's let's use that. So that was an easy fix. Just, Lee just run. Great. Mm -hmm. But especially Fifi, I think that was a, a big adjustment for him because he's always played half court. Look at Galatasaray there, just playing super. I think they're running like an offensive set every single offense. And they're yeah. running a double screen or running the horns or whatever. So to say to him, Fifi, pass the ball and like run 100 mile an hour, it's just, I think it was a big, a big adjustment for him to make. But 
he now doesn't want to play half court. So yeah, <laughs> so you got, good news. you've got him hooked on the style. <laughs> he's gonna everyone knew who comes in. He's gonna be like, no, we have to get faster. We have to get faster. Let's <laughs> yeah. get no, more. Literally. Yeah, no, because a guy like a guy like Fifi, he'd be forgiven for being like, "Well, listen, every team I've played with has put the ball in my hands and scored seventy-eight points." Like, so I don't yeah. really know why we'd need to run, but obviously, if it, if it's what works for everyone else, because like so much of me and Mark spend all year talking about you guys, obviously, and so much of how you kill teams is like Lee busts down the floor. All right, two guys double him. Oh, Ali's cut layup. Like yeah. the second biggest guy on the court's also wearing orange layup. Cool. Like. Man, Ali's Ali's just so good. Yeah. Like I, I always had crazy respect for him, and for me, it, obviously, Alunian, in my opinion, didn't realize how good of a player they had on their hands. But they've not won a trophy since he's left, which is kind of summarized the whole thing. Like, do with that what you will. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's just so so good. Like I realized how good he was when I was playing against him, but having him on your team, just the subtle movements he does, like oh Phil, you're having like a great shooting season this year. Yeah, but why? I'm playing with Ali. He's someone starts Ellen for like a split second. He's got a chair on them. They can't even L you, and you're wide open. Yeah. And then like his picking and holding, his timing, whether when to cut or not. He's just he's so so good. Obviously, I was lucky enough to play with and Sega, who I still hold as obviously one of the big best big threes to ever play our game. But Ali's just a beast, man. Yeah. I think it's interesting. You mentioned like Sega and him are probably the the top tier on that front, but I think it's interesting that his role always seems quite simple in, you know, he's a huge three. He's typically, you know, playing next to another big, which might make his life easier. But then you see how many big threes there are who are good, but not great. If you look at like the Amadou, uh, Alex Budder of the world, like those kind of guys. And it's like the difficulty in when you're that guy, the difficulty in being great is, I think maybe slightly underrated. I think everyone thinks all the big threes do the same. And it's like, no, there's, there is another level to this stuff when you watch a guy like him. No, there really is. Like even at the end of the, end of the game, he's kind of got finished like 10 points, but if there was an assist for like ridiculous screens and stopping chairs, my God, like it's, it's, I ho- hopefully someone one day can like break the footage down and just watch what Ali's actually doing. You just, it's, it's ridiculous. There needs yeah. to be an Alejandro Zazuela stat for the number of times he's got an offensive rebound by just going foot plate to foot plate with his defender and pushing them backwards. It, oh, it's, it's <laughs> ridiculous. I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty strong guy. Like, I don't weigh that much, but I think one of my first days in trading here, I'm like, I think it was, I don't know, Harry and myself on defense against like Fifi and Fifi outside and Ali's obviously not on the screen and we're like hard Ellen at the time and Ali like just like pushed through us both and like <laughs> went for a I'm like what just happened? Like the thing of like when you see when like a pair of like a set of automatic doors break and you're meant to just push them in and see it in the in an emergency like yeah I can just go through this it's fine but the amount it's of games ridiculous. as well that he ends up like nine points twelve rebounds one assist plus thirty seven you're like oh yeah, yeah fair enough like but no he's obviously I've talked about certain teammates in a bit and champions cap and stuff, but he's like our absolute pillar or our anchor of, of this team. Like this, there's, there's no, while well, we played one game against Malaga and shout out to them. They had a great game against us that day and we shot awful, but we took Ali out of the team and it, you, yeah. just, you notice it straight away. So what a difference, just that one guy not being there, we were, we were terrible. Yeah, we've we'll uh, we'll not dig into that game too much because I've roasted. I was going to say we've spoken about it enough on here. People might think we have an agenda. <laughs> People right. might think we have an agenda against the team we've picked for Champions Cup for a full year, but you know, also <laughs> no one no one thinks about it. Yeah, right. Well, we'll um, 
we'll move on a little bit, Phil. We're gonna we're just gonna talk about a couple of general things kind of leading up to the um the tournament before we get into like the games themselves. But you guys obviously had Copa del Rey um a couple of weeks back. It was then a weekend off for you guys while the rest of the Euro Cup um rounds were going on. And you've essentially had two weeks coming off your Copa del Rey um weekend. You've had two weeks to focus on Champions Cup. Obviously it's yourself you know the three other teams you've played two of them twice already um and you've throwing in a kind of you know tentative finals matchup but you've not seen a whole lot of them in person so what does your two weeks of prep look like as opposed to what a normal you know training schedule would be i think the I don't want to go too much in detail of the the Bilbao game, but we just didn't have a good game plan. We were just kind of reacting to everything that was happening on the floor. So shout out to Abraham. He kind of gave us gave us the role on that of taking over in, in terms of let's get a real good offensive game plan. Like we might have like two on ones weak side we had against Bilbao and we just didn't do anything with it. So we didn't want to be robotic, but at the same time we just had to get, okay, if we're running with a big, this is how we're going to do it. If we're running, if it's me weak side with Charlie or if it's Fifi with Charlie, it's obviously different than looking if we're with Ali or with, with Lee. So we kind of went back to basics and just got like a real good foundation of how we wanted to play again. And then defensively, Abraham and Lee came up with like a really good game plan to, to break down a loon and then we end up using basically the same defense against uh, the Bulls as well in the final. So yeah, we just kind of went back to basics. Um, we didn't do anything it's like special really we had I think our first training session back everyone was a bit depressed after the Copa del Rey and we just sat in our day chairs just running dry offenses like if this happens this is where we're going to react from because we just weren't giving like I, think, I don't think Lee I think Lee took like four or five shots in that Bilbao game and we just couldn't like why was that happening it's because we weren't engaging in different spots of the floor um, and like even like Fifi for argument's sake I've seen the guy go 0 5 0 6 start a game and team he's still getting double jumped I'm saying yes. I, I have to make like six or seven shots in a row for teams to start elling me. And like this, <laughs> this guy misses six shots and teams are double jumping him still. I'm like, I wish I had that power. Um, so we're just thinking of ways how to use that. And yeah, this what let's put down a really good game plan to, to play the Champions Cup this weekend or last weekend, sorry. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. I think the, the lead taking, you know, the limited number of shots he got against Bilbao was like a really interesting stat coming out of that because I think had you guys been happy to, I mean, there's a bunch of coaches and probably a bunch of lesser teams who would have been like, hey, we just didn't have the best game. We're probably fine. But I think when Lee had that limited number of shots, I think that potentially provides a blueprint there for like the level of teams you're going into at Champions Cup who are like, right, if Bilbao took it away this way, we can probably do that as well. So I think the proactive planning on your guys' part is of, is like credit to the group of guys you have, I guess. But yeah, it would have been super easy to chalk it up to, hey, bad day at the office. We've beaten Bilbao three times already. Like, you know, we'll probably be fine going forwards. But obviously J- James will tell you it was all a Bilbao master stroke and that they're the only team that, that can credibly beat you. I think oh, no, they were. I don't think it was to you, Phil. I think it was to maybe Ben after the game, but I was like, I don't like, I don't think we figured anything out there. Like, I, like we had a couple of ideas, but I think as well, there's a difference of if you go, it's all right. Like Lee took like the ball got to Lee five times inside the key. We'll just bump that number up next time. But like actually figuring out why it didn't get there and how you can get it there next time is the difference. I think a lot of teams are going, ah, we'll just shoot better next time. It's like, yeah, but will you shoot better shots? Hmm. Like, 
I think no, I think that's the thing. And like you guys, obviously, bunch of bunch of really experienced guys, very smart basketball people from top to bottom on that team. Even there's people who play five minutes a game who have Champions Cup medals. Not well, everyone does, and <laughs> you know, Parliament medals and stuff. So not a bad spot to get together on a Monday and go right. What do we need to do here? So no, absolutely. And like, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna. I don't know, I have no no reason to hide it. But we we genuinely. Well, me personally, I watched the game back against you guys like five times. I was like, realistically, why can't we do what you guys are doing? And in a, in a way of, obviously, as you with the ball on the left side, Manu picking for him, that's kind of your foundation. And then how you guys working off it? Like, we just couldn't stop Pappy. And I was like, why? So we started figuring out, like, James, you did an incredible job single screening for him, hard screening, and then you timed your rolls inside. Like, we don't want to copy that, but at the same time, we can, we can learn from this. Yeah. Um, and we genuinely copied, like, a few of your guys' plays going into Champions Cup because of it. <laughs> Uh, you funny. mean Asier's plays? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> That's so funny. Like you, like you being like we all sat around in our day chairs and we all we all spoke. I'm just like, ah, ah, ah. no, we do that. That's one thing. Like I, it's one thing I love. Like anytime a good coach recognizes that there's knowledge sort of in the room outside of their own head, which we tend to have. It's it's a pretty special spot because I think at this level, like there's enough smart people in any, any sports hall that you go into that a coach would be wasting their time, not asking people questions. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. Shall we, you kind of touched on it there, Phil, talking about the defense that you guys were going to roll out against the Lunion, but you drew them uh, first game and it's the uh, fourth time you've played these guys. Uh, I think you played them the opening weekend of the season in the um, the cup competition. You've played them twice through yeah. the year. So do you, was there anything massively different that you were kind of ready for this time? Do you feel like they'd made any ground in figuring you out as the year had gone on and you need to show them anything different? Or was this, were you relatively comfortable with who you were versus who they were, I guess? Yeah, I mean, they surprised the hell out of us with a press they played this like mad unit of like, I can't remember what it was. They were just not mobile. It wasn't a mobile unit and they just pressed us and we were just stuck on the walls. Like what the, and we didn't have a press break because of the guys we've got. Well, we got Lee and myself on the floor and Ali, you can push as well. And Charlie, she was just super smart and just constantly picking and screening and curling everyone in that I thought any team in the world, it would be suicide for them to press us. So when Alunion came out, like we had no press break. We didn't really know what we were doing for like a few minutes. So that definitely caught us off guard. But in terms of, game plans like Spanish coaching in general Abraham's a lot different in that respect and he's a lot more open to different ideas and different ways of defending but in Spain it's literally they'll I've like had so many timeouts with like Madiba and I've seen other coaches doing this and they'll literally be like left side on defense you with you in the middle you're here right side you with you and there's no principles there's like <laughs> that's our defense and then okay offense the same thing so I knew they were going to do something similar like, that. like they were going to come out with a certain way of defending us They'd have like a defensive pairing that they were going to run for 40 minutes. And then within about, I don't know, five minutes of realizing who was going to be with who, we knew that they were just going to give up weak side the entire time. And then we killed them weak side. And like the fourth quarter, said to Ben, just sit behind Charlie, get a hard single screen. And they didn't make any adjustment because that's their way of coaching is like you with you, you with you. And there was no, I don't think there was a plan A, let alone a plan B. <laughs> yeah. It, it was kind of, that's one thing that, I like that Abraham does every so often. Like it is the like there's the very basic. Like you go with you. We've spoken about this before with every Spanish coach, where it's like yeah. these are our defensive pairs, and you're like, yeah, but what if we can't get there? Like it's like never mind us. What about what they do, and what do we want to stop, and what do we not want to stop, and this, that, and the other? But you guys have had a couple of timeouts 
this year. And I think you had one in that Alunian game where someone got going. And the time I was like, all right, two bigs on this shooter's side. You no longer need to jump. This guy's done. Like, and I've seen you guys do, you did it against us at one point with Papi. And it was just like you and Ali on the same side against a shooter, just like pushing our screen out L shape, Ling. And it was like, you still have a four, five, a four, and a one on the floor. Like, you'll be fine. But yeah, that was one of those adjustments you guys make. And it's like, one of the little things Abraham has on the locker, and I'm like, oh, this is this is cool, and makes it really difficult. But I think part of it's because you just guys have, you guys just have size top to bottom, which makes a difference. Like we could yeah. do that, for example. <laughs> but also, like you said, going like they are and making out like it was easy, and it was like, it was it was an absolute battle of a game that was, and like you've got Terry spotting up anywhere, hitting threes, hitting mismatches, and then you've got Greg, Greg being Greg. It's a hard team to stop, but just over over 40 minutes, them doing the same kind of game plan defensively and offensively is quite easy to predict and to get a kind of structured plan yourself together to counteract that. But yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I think to your point about Ben kind of popping off in the second half, I think one thing we've kind of seen from Illunion is they don't really have it. Like I know they bring Terry off the bench, but that's such a consistent source of offense. They almost don't have an X factor offensively. Like, I think the closest they get is when Tom and Ilthorne has games like he had against Landil in the qualifiers when he's like cutting and finishing and whatever. That gives them a different element, but yeah. they don't consistently have it. Oh, this guy might get hot for, you know, 10 minutes and that'll put us 10 points up. And I think you guys took it away from them in, in those kind of swingable elements of the game. But did you guys think going into the, going into the final, you obviously have Illunion who you know pretty well. Is the focus kind of take care of business and we'll deal with the final? Or do you guys go in there looking to make a statement, you know, to carry over the following day? Is it a little bit of both or is it get through the game? Uh, we were all in on the Illunion game. Like we genuinely, for those two weeks going into the Champions Cup, we didn't speak. There wasn't a word spoken about the about the Turrigan match of Orlandale. Wow. Like it genuinely, like shout out to Abraham for that. We were just so focused on getting a solid plan together for that. Because realistically, we thought, Turrigan were going to beat Landale, but this, a similar game plan for for Illuminators would be the one we'd use against uh, Turrigan anyway. But yeah, but we're, we're like all focused on the on the Illuminator game. Sure. Yeah, and I guess to wrap that one up, do you think anything? Do you think anything came out of that game, either positive or negative, that you really had a look at post game and be like, this could be informative for what we're going to do tomorrow? Yeah, definitely. So we we have this like old school James and oh, you know as well, of course, sorry, Mark, from Steelers days, the old t-shirt play, the Paul Hudson. Oh, yeah. um, so we all just did the same action. Nobody yeah, will see that. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the old t-shirt play, um, I, I, I like it because it opens up a lot of space, gives guys weak side. So initially we were running that for Lee and Charlie to be weak side. So effectively what we're doing is we're having like a pick and roll really high for Fifi because everyone's going to jump him. Mm-hmm. And then we'd have a shooter spotted up on the same side as him on the baseline. And on the weak side, we'd have basically Lee and Charlie with the basically, well, three quarters of the courts to attack and Lee going one-on-one against anyone he's going to kill them. And I think a lot of teams, when they've seen us call that play, are expecting that. Um, so we just completely shifted that. Um, we ended up putting two bigs on the one side and me and Charlie weak side, knowing that every single team in the world is not going to respect me shooting. Um and yeah, it's like Alunian, for example, we, I think we ran that play maybe four or five times in the first quarter and we just kept getting score after score after score. Um, and that was like, oh shit, this could be, this could be something you can use tomorrow because 
German teams, I've watched Turgan play, they don't really jump that hard unless they're doing their kind of two-man hustle. Uh, so that was definitely something I thought this is working really well and we can use this tomorrow. Okay. And we'll go to the other side because, as we mentioned, you guys beat Lunion by about 18. Um, call it a statement game, if you like. I think you guys more than handled your business. But if we want to talk, you know, did you go out there to take care of business or make a statement? I think Thuringen very much took the will make a statement option. Yeah, damn. <laughs> <laughs> That was bad to watch. <laughs> a couple of things. A couple of things I'll throw out here because I, I was texting James about this while the game was going on. But Landil finished this game with thirty-eight points. Um, Fifteen of those came in a stretch of four minutes and forty-one seconds in the third quarter. So the remaining thirty-five plus minutes of the game, Landil had twenty-three points. And um, Ringan, yeah, man, this was. It was actually, despite, despite how bleak it had looked at a certain point, it was like kind of 14 mid-third quarter, and you're like, eh, Landil, you know, they're one gasp away from getting this to like nine going into the fourth, and then, you know, who knows? They've got Tommy, they've got Rio. It, it's not outside the realm of possibility, and then from that point onwards, I think it was something like 23-5 to Thuringen over the last however many minutes, and... They just choked the life out of the man. It was 14 nil in the thir- in the fourth quarter. I was um, going to say, like, that was the thing that blew me away. A full 10 minutes keeping that team scoreless. But I think watching Landil over the last while, like, obviously, we're not here to talk about Landil a whole lot. But, like, when you go, I don't know, if one of these two guys goes absolutely berserk, they might have a shout. Like, I don't think structurally, I don't know that if that's what you want to depend on going into the Champions Cup, which is a little, it's a bit of a shame. Obviously, they've obvi- they've had, like, um, Gaz is gone and this, that, and the other's not gone their way and they had injuries and stuff. But it's weird watching a team that's like got such a history of being structurally so well put together. Be like, I don't know if they can just get it to this score and then go nuts in the fourth quarter. And they didn't score for 10 minutes, but I mean, it, credit Lond- to Turingen. In Landil's defense, when we talked about their German Cup of the week last weekend prior to this one, we did say they need to try and keep games into the 60s, and they did keep Thuringen to 68, but I don't think any part of that game (laughs) involved them scoring 38. Um, And even like if they play that game a load of times over, if they play it 10 more times, they might not win them all, but I don't think they score 38 in another one of those games. Um, So, Phil, you obviously said, you know, you kind of had half an eye on Thuringen as, you know, the favorites to win that one. Yeah. Did seeing that game kind of give you any amplified sense of what you were up against? You know, were you watching that one and watching them throttle Landil in that respect and be like, oh man, this is, you know, we're we're gonna be up against it here, even maybe even more so than you thought you would be already. I kind of had the opposite thought on that, to be honest. Um it's I know like for myself personally, playing in tournaments, if you like smash a team the day before, you kind of foot off the gas for the last quarter and for me it's always like momentum leading to the next game yeah. so they come out of that that game the last well uh, I think it was like 14-0 okay defensively they were great mm-hmm. but they're not really scoring Yeah. so fair. for me I'm looking at like I don't know if they're going to be 100% from the go tomorrow like we've if, if we come out strong like we can take this game yeah. um, whereas we had like a good I know we won by 18 but it was it felt like a closer game than that uh, against Salunian but yeah just going back to Landale man like I hope I hope they can sort sort I don't know, sort it out because me growing up in the game and like watching the Pats and Joey's and Steve's and like the great history of that club, it's just sad to see, sad to see where they're at, man. Um, I, all it takes is a couple bad signings and kind of everything you've worked on is gone. Like you look at 
Ali at Alunian and that Alunian they were dominating everybody and they kind of lost Ali and lost Ali and Rodney and then they took in Greg and, and uh, Jake were like unbelievable scorers but like basketball doesn't work like that like you need a foundation you need balance yeah. on the floor yeah I think I think the Landil thing is we've kind of it maybe didn't seem so bad in the German Cup because they had a couple of their local guys playing obviously Simon was out for those last two games but you suddenly realize they're rocking up to the Champions Cup final four with eight players and like that yeah. it's as strong of an eight as you might find anywhere but eight players over a weekend where, yeah, I mean, you look at you guys and you've got guys who, you know, would start for a couple of those other teams who didn't even, like, barely played any minutes. <laughs> like, and Lando yeah. were just stretched so thin. And it, it was, I agree with you, it was a real shame to see. But obviously, they have a history of, you know, off-season comes around and they, they do what they've got to do to rectify the situation. So hopefully we see that from them. But... Yeah, yeah tough. fingers crossed, man. I don't like I don't I honestly don't like seeing them like this because like yeah. I said, so much respect for them growing up. In my mind, they're this legendary club, so I want them to remain at that level, you know? Yeah. 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 And like it doesn't take away like them being good doesn't take away from anyone else, like apart from direct rivals in certain games, but you want to be playing against the best and even just selfishly watching a lot of the games, you want teams to be as good as possible. So as yeah, Mark absolutely. said, like the the good thing about wheelchair basketball is that it isn't like a four year thing. Like they'll be all right in a summer like a couple of couple of emails a couple of whatsapps and they'll probably figure it out but like it's so mad that this happens on whatsapp and like facebook messenger but like yeah <laughs> literally you're really but, killing yeah. the killing the mystique behind don't you mean they have to go through people's agents and like all, all that all that official sounding stuff i mean joey uh, johnson's gonna be dusting off his old basketball chair at this rate <laughs> oh man um, no, he's busy he's got stuff to do well um just before we get to the final, while we're on the Landil thing, we'll touch very quickly on the um, on the bronze game that happened on the Saturday. But this is going to go down as probably like one of the forgotten great games in Euro Cup because like this was actually this is very much in the shadow of the gold medal game, obviously. But this was a hell of a game to watch, and this came out with I reeled off the numbers about Landil taking 35 minutes to score 20 odd points and they scored 23 points in the first quarter of this game outscored Gunter had them all didn't they 23 8, unbelievable yeah. <laughs> unreal Gunter this weekend kind of man was officially just like right I'm sick of trying to get inside I'm just going to post up anyone small <laughs> he just rained them damage I think that that's certainly something in the locker that's reason for optimism but um, yeah I mean they got out big on Illunion man and Illunion just clawed it back and clawed it back Illunion got I've made several jokes at Danny Diaz's expense as the the last couple of seasons have gone, but he came up huge, man, for the first time really at any point in the last two seasons. And yeah, he, he had probably his most impactful 10 points he'll ever have. And shout out to Luno and getting it done, man. They win the game by two. They win the fourth quarter by six. Yeah, he was plus 18, man. What a legend. Because I think obviously... Um, I take back everything I've said, man. It's been, it's been a tough, like... <laughs> Been a tough seven days for guys I've said aren't good, proving me wrong between him and Jan Gans, but here we are. Um, well, no, he, there was one point where he smoked a layup earlier on. It was a post up against, I don't know who it was, probably either Rio or Guntner, realistically. Um, and I was like, oh, here we go. This is tough. Um, but unbelievable. Like, and I also think you can kind of, the amount of 30 point games when it matters that Terry has, you can kind of lose them. But I was talking to Mark about this game and I was like, 
Elunian struggling to generate offense in certain regards. You're, there's two options. Can you generate better shots or can you just get Terry to hit a load of tough ones? And like, <laughs> he just went 14 from 26 and just went completely nuts. Unbelievable. And so if anyone hasn't seen that game, make sure you go check it out because it, like I say, it'll be in the shadow of the one we're about to get onto, but it's well, well worth a watch in its own right. And also crucially, sorry, James, go. Sorry, no, I was just going to say, crucially, there are 16 quarters of basketball in this weekend, and I thought 12 of them were going to be good for nothing at one point. I was like, <laughs> right, what do you mean? Like, all four of these games are appointment viewing for me, and I could like switch them all off at halftime, I thought. But so thank you to Alunion for making a comeback. <laughs> just saying about Terry Ban, like, the, the insane thing about him, like, the, when I have conversations with people, like, yeah, but has he still got it? Just, yes. <laughs> the guy, once he gets going, you just literally cannot stop him. Like, and I've played with some of the, in my opinion, some of the best scorers play our game, but it's like, I, I, I've genuinely never seen someone like Terry once he gets going. You just can't stop him because no, he's just I, finding his spots. And then even when you do challenge him or you put two bigs on him, he's just hitting some like stupid fade away from somewhere. It's like, what do you do? There yeah. is no way to stop well, him. It tells you everything you need to know that Illunion have kind of gotten cute and brought him off the bench for the majority of the season. And then when they really needed a game one, they were like, hey, let's just, what, what if we just play this guy more minutes than usual? We might win. <laughs> yeah. Even like, I know they lost that game in the end, but he had 35 in 25 minutes against Thuringen in March. Yeah. There. He ended up filing out, which is unfortunate. But like, so much of that, it went from, okay, he's hit a couple of good ones to, and like you'll we'll get onto this, but Turingi are really, really aggressive when they're like, right, we gotta put this fire out, because it's a lot of we have size behind us, we'll be able to be aggressive on the perimeter and we'll figure it out behind the scenes. We'll shift things about. But they were just throwing the kitchen sink at him at one point and it didn't matter. Like once he gets going, like for my money, the best scorer without context of all time. You might go, who's the best guy from the free throw line or who's the best guy from this spot or on a mismatch? But if you don't know anything and someone goes who, who do you need to hit a shot to save your life? I'm probably going Terry. And I've had this argument with people. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. Right, we'll get on to the final. Um, obviously, this is kind of... I don't know if there would be any any competition for biggest game of the season. Um, I think no. just to, to frame this, these are the only two teams out of the final four who hadn't played each other at any point in the season up to this stage. Um I mean, have you guys obviously got there off the back of, you know, an 80-point performance against um, Illunion? These guys got here off a defensive showcase. You both topped your league. You've only lost a couple of games along the way. And, yeah, man, this was... We did the podcast last weekend. We previewed this. James called Amiab because all his mates play for Amiab. And I called the ring because he backed me into a corner. And I, it's no fun to listen to if I agree with him. And also, you, crucially, you can't give me abuse for that when I'm right about it. I just happen to have mates that are good at basketball. Well, going back to the whole Burgos thing last year, you used to be me. <laughs> right? So I assume there's no hard feelings on that. Oh, no, no. Um, so, yeah, this was it, man. And like you say, you guys came out with a real emphasis on striking first and you got up double digits kind of eight minutes or so into the game. Um so from your kind of standpoint, you guys get out and you execute really well. Your offense and defense kind of feeding into each other. What's what's the mindset at that point when you get out to to a hot start and especially against a team of this caliber? Because presumably you know that whatever lead you've built isn't necessarily safe if you hit cruise control from that point onwards. Yeah, I mean, 
obviously I've watched quite a few of Turrigan's games this season and they're like that that is a team like to begin with that is a ridiculous team um you have a defensive game plan and a, a big a big thing that we struggled with and they went on that run I think in the fourth I think it was was like their adjustments like it doesn't really happen in Spain because the Spanish coaching is so just structured with you with you you with you as we talked about earlier on it was like you kind of figure them out early on and then you, you're just playing against that for the rest of the game so like we find a find a way to shut down uh Haluski and then he's just killing us from everywhere else and then you stop him and then Linden's just hitting stupid crazy cuts like finishing over myself and Ali and then he's Nuts. pulling up behind a screen or hitting some shot contested shot from the middle it's like they just don't stop like so like so we, we came out on that with that early lead um our offensive plan was to take early shots if we could uh, try and get try and get Lee going. We knew they were going to come up with this this two man hustle that doesn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just kind of there. If we can cross, but like for me, it kind of worked into our favour. Like I, I I assume they did this two man press because they were terrified of our transition to trying to slow Lee down. Yeah. I get that, but then it almost plays into our favour because they go from that two man hustle to like usually uh, Haluski and Vahid are kind of playing like so so deep in their own key. That it's like okay, we're gonna break you down, like pretty pretty soon, and then you guys are like stuck inside your key. And I'm gonna go John Hall mode and shoot bank shots all game. All game. <laughs> but that's that's what they give up. So it's like kind of played into our hands that like they weren't even jumping Fifi for the majority of the game. I'm not yeah. sure if that was a I don't know a breakdown. Maybe they thought I was Phillips game. I'm not really sure. But um, you, you guys do look similar. <laughs> yeah, so. the, the number of times I've got you confused for each other um, but I, I think there's a weird <laughs> thing as well like what you brought up there where like I don't know job number one anytime anyone's had a chance of trying to play you guys relatively even is like don't let you get going in transition and I just feel like unless you're convinced you can stop the ball you're just kind of building less of a wall in front of Lee and Ali like you yeah. might you might get something from ball pressure, but it's like you better be convinced that the ball pressure makes a difference. And I don't really like I don't really think we saw you sweating too much ball pressure wise for forty I, minutes. I kind of get it to to an extent because I'm assuming they would have looked, looked at our two games that we lost this season against Malaga where we shot terrible from outside. So they were like, let's make them shoot from outside. And then we played against you guys and they were like, Okay, Bilbao took shots away from Lee and from Ali. So like it's a solid it's a solid plan, but like I said, if you're just going with two guys hustling like that, we, we get a, we've got five people running against two. Like we're yeah. we're outnumbering you all the time, um, okay. and then where do you go from that? So that, yeah. that I think that kind of played into our hands, to be honest. Yeah, and I think it, I think you've ramped up as the season's gone, Phil. You've kind of ramped up your own aggressiveness in looking for your shot early in the shot clock, as opposed to feeding everyone else and then shooting the ball. You know, if you don't get whatever you were looking for in the early stages and. I think it really culminated in this game, partly because you were coming off some hot shooting games, and partly because it's what they were they were giving you. So, what what was it for you that was kind of like? Was there a thought process in your head where you're like, hey, if I make two or three of these early doors, you know, it takes this defensive option away from them? Yeah, I think me personally, I came into that game really confident. Um, although James will know from training loads together and in like Sheffield and all centralized and GB stuff. Like I'm obsessed with training and I, I just don't think I was doing enough this year, like in terms of training wise that we played against Malaga and I just, I just wasn't like my, my usual self. I wasn't training enough. I, I don't know. At the end of every training session, I like to make 10 free throws in a row. I was kind of making five. Oh yeah, it feels good. Let's go home. It was like kind of a realization, like I'm just not doing enough and this is just not good enough. And then from that shooting more, getting more shots up after training, just kind of got, I don't know, confidence came naturally and then, I mean, I knew they weren't going to jump me because no, I don't think any team in the world has ever jumped me. 
uh, <laughs> let's start start get, start get going. But I, was gonna say, I didn't realize twenty nine in two games. We'll see if it makes a difference. I was shocked that, I don't know, I made five in a row on the sixth one. They still sat inside. That was, that was a surprise. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's, it's interesting because you mentioned kind of the two big lineup um, being their, their bread and butter and some of the limitations that that brings. Uh, I think generally they get away with that a lot more in Germany because the teams are lighter on shooting than most of the Spanish teams are. Yeah. Um, but they went to their kind of one big and four mids, well, three mids and pardon the X, but he's kind of two one and a halfs trapped in one body. So we'll talk. I was going to say <laughs> the abs of two low pointers combined. <laughs> um, and yeah, that kind of second quarter, they won by five and kind of roped them. They actually had it tied at 40 all on the yeah. back of some shots from Jordy. And then Ben again popped up for you guys and he made two weak side catch and shoots that put you guys up for. So you guys have, you've given them your best shot early doors. You know, they've weathered the storm and they've kind of clawed back into it to some extent. And me and James have talked about this in a couple of these games, but it's a really, really tough feeling to get out to an early lead, you know, put all that effort and energy into that and then still not really have it in hand, you know, at the quarter break or half time or whatever. It feels like a lot of expended energy for not a lot of gain. Was there any feeling of obviously you guys go into the half up four? Is that are you feeling positive on your side or was there a real like, man, we could be up by, you know, ten plus points at this stage? Yeah, definitely. Um me personally I felt like we could have been up like quite maybe we could be up like fifteen at half time. Um but we we just weren't playing smart. Like a bit a huge kind of uh, message in our game plan going into that was literally just like just play simple basketball because they do their two man hustle, but it's not really with any purpose. They're just kind of flying around, waving their arms around. It's <laughs> like if we just if we get into a half court, if you're open, shoot the damn ball. If you're not open, move the ball. Like it was that basic, pick and hold, move the ball. And we weren't doing that. We ended up taking, like I said, they put that second unit in with with Carlis with the biggest biceps in the world. Um, and you know, he did a good job and that unit did really well against us. Um, we, we definitely noticed the difference with that, but we just weren't playing smart. They kind of rushed us. We weren't getting into our half court sets. Uh, we took some bad shots that we didn't really need to. And then it's Turgan balls. You're playing Champions Cup final, you do that. And then you're, you're tied up at 40 or like you said. Yeah. And did you, um, obviously you came off the start of the second half and you got a bit of run going yourselves. Um, was that like, did you have a moment of like, okay, now we're back. We figured it out. Or was there like, was there a figuring out or is it just basketball's game of runs and you had yours at that point? Yeah, I think, well, we, as soon as we chilled it out, uh, cause that second unit of theirs, they were almost, they were trying to go like five up pressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just came up with a <laughs> poor, poor Fifi. Uh, our, our press break was literally me and Ali or me and Lee get over and we're effectively just going to run. Cause they're not going to stop us both from getting over like instantly as soon as they've scored or a dead ball we're over every time mm-hmm. so we're saying effectively Lee and myself or myself and Ali we're going to play a two-man game with the entire half of court there's no help we've got all that space for Lee to go one-on-one what are they going to do they'll call the press off eventually but that also meant that Fifi blessed him but <laughs> someone to inbound and try and get his press break so <laughs> he was sat behind me on the flight on the way home and I think I'm not exaggerating he must have hit me in the back of the head about 30 times <laughs> he was like I'm not doing that ever again I'm not doing that ever again I'm like, yeah but Fifi we won and they couldn't press us uh, but I, don't, I don't care my arms are dead I, I, I'm not doing that ever again but um, yeah so we kind man. of sorted out that press break that we struggled with when they kind of put it on in the second quarter I think 
yeah. since we kind of got a solid press break and just chilling out again we got back into it and then we kind of went away from it again in the fourth yeah, yeah. i think i think the the run itself that you guys had was probably the single biggest stretch of the game that really swung the outcome um you obviously held them to nine points in that quarter, but I think I, I text James about it during the game, but I think what really broke them was their made baskets that they got. I, I think out of their nine, I think a couple of their makes were on their first handful of uh, possessions. And there was two or three of those where they scored, you know, inched it back to two points or whatever it was. And then you guys were running a layup in within like four or five seconds of them having scored. And I think that really... You know, they still played the press for a few minutes, but I think it puts a wariness into them where they're like, okay, you know, there's why are we up here chasing around and expending all this energy for them to take five seconds to get the points back? And I think that took some of the aggressiveness out of their defense, and you guys essentially held them at arm's length for most of the second half after that. Uh, (laughs) I even, I texted James, I think this one's over and Lee fouled out at that point. And that, that was when their run started. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. this was, <laughs> I think this was really like, there's a lot of teams who, you know, qu- of this quality, there's a lot of teams who will say, Hey, we'll have one more push and it never really amounts to anything. And I, I think, you know, you guys obviously came away four point win or whatever. And you can, you could say, you know, you always had it in control or whatever, but, that was a very real push for them to try and steal it, man. That wasn't like yep. oh, they were down by 11 and then they got the last five points, you know, to bring it back to us. That was, they were there for every second of that last five minutes or so. Yeah, no, they really were. And we definitely felt it. Um, like, I'm not going to lie. There, there was this time, I think, with Carlos, we just, we had a game plan of effectively jumping out with our guards, whether it was to Geordie or to Lyndon or to Haluski. And then if he was playing with Carlis, our big would basically be sat in the paint. So we forced them into the big. But I'm not sure what happened. There were about three or four times where our guard would jump and then our big would also jump and Carlis was getting dumped down layups. Yeah. Um, so I find maybe that's just the final nerves. I'm not really sure what was going on that stage. But now we we absolutely felt it. And But then credit to the experience of the guys on this floor, uh, on the floor at the time, like, I think Abraham called a timeout um, at the time. I'm not sure what happened. I had cramp on my hand and my two fingers were just kind of like <laughs> bending over. I was like, I'm dying. I'm having a stroke. Something's happening. Abraham called a timeout. So, but then during that, like Alejandro said, like, boys, we're in a Champions Cup final. We're up. I think this one, they brought it back to three at that stage. He's like, we're up by three and however many minutes are left. He was like, we're good. Yeah. And it was just that moment for me changed the game for us. Cause it was like, this is going to happen. We're playing against arguably one of the best teams has played in the last 10, 15 years. That's like, also Alejandro being like, guys, it's only a Champions Cup final. I've been to 17 of them. It's not yeah, a- literally. <laughs> I love that. Because I think that's the thing, like I've, someone said that to me before, where it's like, if you could skip through the first 30 minutes of this game and someone goes, we'll just go straight to up three with 10 yeah. minutes to go. You'd be like, oh yeah, absolutely. And then also whatever you've been doing has got you through 30 minutes. Like just because someone makes a basket, you're not like, oh, well, this game plan's useless now. Because I think that's one thing I wanted to ask. Were you ever tempted to, I, I don't know, did you ever feel like, oh God, we need to change something, we need to change something? Because I think one thing that Turingen are quite good at, and I think it's because a lot of their guys, like they've got two of the biggest, strongest two fives in the world. Like Jordy's big, Lyndon's massive. He's like, yeah. a, he's like a foot taller than I thought he would be. And they're very good at being like, all right, you're going to give me this. Cool. No worries. Like, okay, you'll double off 
you'll you'll not double off if we have Lyndon cutting to the basket and posting Charlie up. Okay, we're going to go to that. Or like Jens Albrecht kind of got going to the basket a little bit because I think they were like, all right, cool, you'll give us this. No yeah, worries. Yeah, a good game, man. Was there ever any point that you were like, oh, no, they've realized what we won't give, what we will and won't give up? Or at that point that you're like, no, 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 we made this decision for a reason. We said we can live with X, Y, or Z so we can do it for another 10 minutes. Because I always think that's really hard because there's a certain point when if someone's killing you, you're like, right, we have to, we can't just sit in our hands for 40 minutes. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think like 99.9% of games you go into, there's like that one guy you can help off of. And there's just like that your game plan is if he if he beats us, then then so be it. So we go into a Loonian. I won't say who that was, but like there was a, there's like a player mm-hmm. where you're saying, okay, if he if he wins it, then then good on him kind of thing. But like I think that thing that makes Surigan so special is just, there's just threats everywhere. Like yeah. you just okay, help off Faid, you're dead. Help off Haluski for half a second, don't switch on the mismatch, he's scoring fifty points. Okay, yeah. let Jordy shoot threes, you're dead. Linden yeah. cutting, finishing, making his shots. There's just no player to help off when they're okay, Jens. He's going to drive to basket and just kill you. Yeah. And it's just like, so I think the big thing for us, we're just going back to, I said, we had those breakdowns where we were running a certain defense on Haluski or Jordy with Carlos. I think it's Carlos, whatever his name is. Um, we just weren't doing that. We ended up jumping with two, just giving up easy stuff for that. But as soon as we went back to playing solid, having a guy just sitting inside, they didn't really have anything. And then I always say everything happens for a reason. I would have liked Lee to be on the floor, but then as soon as we got, Oscar and Harry and we had this I don't know why we, it wasn't really our plan we just had this like stupidly high line yeah. which we weren't even really planning on doing to be honest but, um, <laughs> it's just these guys came in with crazy energy and yeah, well, uh, helped us really the most Harry having the stretch in the fourth quarter where I think Haluski rotated and pressured a layup that Harry missed and I was like man that's yeah. one when he's just come in and then he, I think maybe your guys last made field goal, maybe discounting a couple of free throws afterwards, but Harry cut across from the weak side and got a catch and finish. But that bubbled for so long. Oh, <laughs> man. All my days. But yeah, I thought it was super cool. We talked about Carlos a second ago. Um, I think he had nine points and like four or five shooting or whatever it was. But to see like the role players come in late and impact the result like that for both teams, I think is like, a massive statement for the depth of the the competition. It's not just like, say, Filipski and Haluski having a, a shootout for 40 minutes. No, definitely. And it also goes to the trust of our teammates. Like talking about Harry, that cut he had on the Haluski to begin with and then that he missed and then the the pass from Fifi two minutes after, which he made, I think, over Haluski as well. It's like the same play almost. Mm-hmm. Like the trust that we have in this team is like, Harry blew the first one, tough shot. I'm saying he blew it. He's a real tough one. Yeah. It was like the trust in Filipski in that moment to be like, give him the ball and the the, the confidence to give in. Harry makes it. Like I said, that ball was bouncing around for, for too long. I thought it came out and when it dropped back in, I thought, GG's, we've won. Yeah. It's, it's over. It's, I don't know, like if you've watched the games back or whatever, but on the stream, it's really hard to tell if they went in sometimes. I don't know whether yeah. it's just the quality of the stream, but um, I just wanted to say also all the role players playing really well. It is... It's a credit to the depth of the tournament, but also crucially, it's bench units podcast fuel because we love nothing more than being like, oh yeah, this guy. Like <laughs> our favorite thing in the world is like, ah, Podniaks and Harry are going back and forth. This is great. Like clear out of the way, guys. Phil, you were 12 from 17. I don't care. Get out of the way. <laughs> the Podniaks thing's become real for us. Like we had the joke about the German championship should just be decided by him and Yannick arm wrestling. And then <laughs> you, you watch him and Charlotte, like, 
fair play to Charlie Moore matching up against him, man. They're like, if you took all the low pointers in the world and tried to like do Russian nested dolls, they might be like the smallest one and the biggest one out of the set. But bro, but before I forget, like Charlie is a beast. Yeah. yeah. Oh my! Like I knew how good she was even back in the day when we played at Steelers. We played against Oldham about a hundred times that season. But we played this one game when we ended up like mixing up with some of the GB women, and Charlie played with us. And I remember thinking, like, she is so smart. Like, holy crap. But then, honestly, I've played with a lot of good players, but her ball IQ is up there with, with the best of anyone I've ever played with. Like, her timing on her cuts, the way she's able to screen. There's a clip where I'm taking a wing shot against Landil, I think, no, Landil, sorry, Alunian in the semifinal. And, like, Simon Brown, like, so she looks like she's moonwalking because she's just going backwards, screening Tom O'Neill, who's like a ridiculously good mobile defender who's just trying to yeah. jump around maybe draw an offensive but she's going backwards and like kind of chaperoning off the court I'm just like <laughs> Jesus oh it's just ridiculous like the semi-final game though Ben came on and just iced the game up for us was like that's Charlie man like her her screen protection I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do it like that and obviously yeah. I'm hyped we just won a Champions Cup it's great I'm going to praise everyone but like her timings on cuts, her timings on curls, her spatial awareness. Well, it's, maybe- it's that and also the fact that it's not just like physical heft. Like we saw with, for example, we watched Padova last weekend, like hit some massive shots against Galatasaray. And it's like, how is this guy so open? It's like, oh, because the screener is Ahmed, who this is dense. It's like as heavy as most like regular adults. But like, no, definitely. Charlie's not just digging in and like not letting anyone move her. It's like entirely in you know, the mental side of the game more than anything else. But literally that, the mental side, like even just basic things, but we're playing against Alunian and this, I don't know why they were speaking in English. Um, and Charlie's saying like, I don't know what they're doing. Like they're literally saying out loud who they want to jump. So I'm just going to stop their chair. And yeah. then, and then like the next play, they're like, they've just said they're not going to do it. So the other person's going to jump. So I'm just going to ju- stop the guy from low jumping. But it's like, she's just constantly, like it's a little thing, but she's constantly just one step ahead of everybody. Yeah, there was a point when you guys in both games, there was like her and Ben on the weak side and you could see both teams be like, all right, cool. We're going to really load the defense up on the other side. We're not going to worry too much about these guys. And you could see both of them just be like, oh, cool, sweet, cash. cash. Yeah. Like Ben, ben could have like caught the ball, like licked his thumb and checked for wind before he shot the ball both times. And it was like, Charlie, there you go. Wide open. And her ability to also switch her role depending on who she's with, if, it's, if she's with like I said, our game plan going into this, I think a huge part of it was just Charlie taking complete control over the weak side. Whether she's with yeah. Ali, she's curling, or Lee, she's curling. Whether she's with a shooter, she's hard screening like like no one's ever done before. She's just so good, man. Yeah. Champions Cup yeah. winner, Charlie Moore. Shout out. Is she um, the first GB female to ever win Champions Cup? As far as I'm aware. Um, I think when Steelers won it in whatever year it was, like 94, they'll probably have had some local players on the team then, but I, sure. she's... She's definitely the first GB female to do it signed to a professional club. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember who won it the year that Helen was in Turingen, but... Landil uh, won it. That was Landil, yeah, sure. All right. Um, um, right. We're going to wrap up, Phil. We've got a few questions, and James is going to go with the opening one here because for all the values of your teammates you've just extolled, he's got a very blunt question. Written oh, on the road down here. Mark, Mark has written this and told me that I need to ask it. So the first question is, <laughs> where was this against Bilbao? I promise you that wasn't me. <laughs> we tried, man. We just we just didn't yeah. have enough. We just weren't smart enough. And you guys had such a solid game plan. Yeah, we just, the same plan, let Pappy shoot 60% on 30 yeah. shots. 
Was it, <laughs> hey, oh, Pappy might be 12 from 16 if we're lucky? That was our game plan too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, I literally, man. I was pulling my hair out after that game. Pappy's Great. scored 20 points in however many minutes. Okay, let's continually help from him. <laughs> yeah. You're like, hey, remember that time literally less than a day ago that they were done against a Lunion, then he hit three yeah. threes and one. But no, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mark wanted me to ask that. Um, so next well, question. Like the- next real question is what's next for you and Amiab? Um, from what I've gathered, we're keeping the whole squad together. Um, gang gang. Plus a few additions, which I'm not just saying this because I'm not allowed to. Like, I genuinely don't know. Um, what we're doing nobody um, tells you nothing around here yeah I, I, although I like it I mean, Medeba I was getting so stressed out trying to figure out signings or whatever else but here the general, guys are taking care manager. of it and, yeah like they're actually they're a, like, they're a good club so <laughs> no just keep the same keep the band together add a few additions and well eight months together this season and manage to win the Champions Cup and hopefully with a bit more time together we can we can do some crazy stuff together yeah. yeah, not you. Not you trying to talk to people into coming to Mediba and being like, "Hey, so um, <laughs> we can promise to pay you this much." However, <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, Mark, you have another question before I get in trouble. Yeah. So, off the back of what's next with Amiab, do you think you guys will be able to hang with Burgos when they come up again next year? Definitely not. Now, <laughs> now Flacco's there taking fifty shots a game. I'm not sure. <laughs> I love it. I'm just so happy there's another gunner in the league. My favorite thing is like, he took how many? Yeah, I remember. How many years ago? It was like three years ago when he was at Malaga, right? Yeah. Like after every yeah. game, we just, I just look at stats. How many shots has Flacco taken today? Oh, he's taken 40. Yeah. <laughs> just the amount of like, he took, I, I want to go back and find it, but Copa del Rey 2019, was it that the year that they were in a game with a Lunion in a quarterfinal? Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, like yeah. down the stretch, a minute and a half to go, he shot like a 35-footer that I don't think he needed to. And I'm just like, I love it so much. And it's like me saying I love it goes against any credentials I might have as someone who understands basketball. And I know, <laughs> but I just think it's hilarious. It's like when we give the belt to Basti Kolb a couple of weeks ago because he scored 28 and it was on 27 shots. We got a message from someone being like, you know, that's not good, right? And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's great. Like, it's hilarious. I love it. I just love Gunners. But yeah, okay. Next question I had was... uh you know, watching back on the games, there's a little gift that pops up for each player every time someone scored. Yeah. You were saying something in the gif. What were you saying? I was saying, boom, dali gas. Um, oh, okay. So, I got, <laughs> long story short, there was a there was a guy in Madiba, he's a lyricist, his name's Perry. And that was like his, hey. his famous saying that he used to say every day. Um, and then it turns out that Fran Lara from our team, uh, and Amiab also knows him, so... Oh, Boom, okay. Gas is like a, a thing everyone says at training. And we had to do this media day and they were saying, making those gifts, like, do something. So people are dabbing and doing this suey or whatever else. I'm just like, <laughs> we've been traveling for 12 hours. Like, what the hell do we say? So yeah, <laughs> Boom, Delegas. <laughs> I just it saw it fun. and I was like, what is going on? I really wanted it to be something that you were like, I cannot tell you what I said. <laughs> but they didn't do the gift things for the first however, like until some point I don't think they happened at all in the Amiabalunion game and then they randomly did it in like the third quarter of um Landil and Thuringen. It hadn't <laughs> happened at that point. And then suddenly like Tommy Boba popped up and was like spinning a ball in his finger. I was like, am I hallucinating? It was like <laughs> ja- Japanese game show style fact. Like, so <laughs> there was one point where they obviously hadn't figured out which buttons to press or how to get it up or how to get it off the screen or how to 
get it to play or whatever, where they're just mid play. Simon Brown was just in the bottom right corner of the screen. And I was like, am I having a stroke? Like, I have no idea what's going on here, but good old wheelchair basketball. They figured it out eventually. Um, Next question. This is from Ayaka and she wants to know if you're going to continue playing in number 94. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think my second season playing it now. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Unless, uh, unless Georgie's situation ever, ever changes and I'll be keeping his jersey warm for him when he can have it back did you see a follow up question from me have you seen that in Madiba someone is playing in the taped on the back 94 (laughs) jersey from a couple of years ago I have so it's not only is it like a dodgy reversible they've got tape on it now as well bad (laughs) bad times man but it's been like hey sorry you're going to have to take the number from someone last year that was someone's previous number and they're wearing it for a very specific reason but you're going to have to play 94 and also it's not even a real jersey oh god I think my nipples are still chafing from wearing that reversible Uh, just playing every game and coming off like you'd play to flip yeah like you'd run a flipping marathon (laughs) literally get the Vaseline out uh, next question was from Jack Gibbs and he said uh, what did Haluski say to you when you hit the deck and he scored it looked fiery oh yeah I mean <clears throat> I don't want to talk too much about it because kind of stuff happens in the game but yeah no we we were definitely going back and forth uh, for the entire of the game I think I made a comment about Lee being better than him or something that, that really got him, <laughs> that really got him going um, but yeah no we, we kissed and hugged at the end and made up I've got so much respect for that guy and yeah. yeah, he's amazing. He he's definitely so gave it to me, though. I mean, I won't even am one. I just flat my chair backwards. I didn't touch the guy, but yeah. he. I didn't realize until I watched the game back, and I was like, "Oh, he actually gave me a bit of stick on the way back." I don't know if he said anything. Yeah, he just gave me some like, yeah, some pulled some crazy face at me. I think. I think that is like the general rules on that. Is like you can like if you hit a big shot like that, say whatever you want, and then just like shake hands if you've lost. Like, Definitely, man. <laughs> you have to just be able to take it back. But yeah, cool. Absolutely. Fair enough. And Mark, uh, last bit, do you want to do the honours? Yeah, last thing before we get out of here, Phil. We've never had the opportunity to do this on an episode before, so you're going to be the first. And because we're really terrified now, but (laughs) we don't really have any ceremony or anything behind it. But given the events of last weekend, we would like to make you our first ever on the record recipient of the bench units belt. (laughs) Let's go. Thank you, boys. Normally, I post the whole stats and whatever. So, unless you want me to go through your stat sheet in excruciating detail now, I won't. No, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) 19 19 from 29. That's that's a thing that sticks out. And I was going to get my hair dyed like Pappy. So, there's some Pappy stats. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, congratulations, man. Cheers, boys. Receive the bench units belt. And we normally hand out every week, and now there's not going to be any more games. So, I guess you get to keep it until next season or realistically until we have a guest on here and we don't have enough to talk about over summer and we have to ask them who they'd like to give the belt to at which point it just gets taken away from you <laughs> Fair enough. enjoy it while you've got it keep yeah, it warm until say. then yes cool all right cool i think that's us done right yeah cheers boys no worries man congratulations again and thank you for joining us literally 48 hours after you wrapped it up it's saved us having to talk about it in and of ourselves and then get a guest in to relitigate everything <laughs> no worries thank you for having me cool yeah thanks for being here man and thanks everyone for listening we'll be back whenever we figure out what's worth talking about see ya <laughs>